This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Take a deep breath. Relax. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Sit back and close your eyes. Gradually release the tension, starting from your toes, working up your legs to your pelvis, and from your fingertips, slowly up your arms to your shoulders. The Stacking Benjamins Show, no matter how bad it gets, is your favorite podcast. I will count backwards from three, and when I snap my fingers, you'll be overcome with delight at hearing the start of this episode. Three, two, one. Live from Joe's mom's basement, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and this is The Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey, money fans, we've got a great show in store for you today. And if you're a little like me, you're probably saying, oh, yeah, prove it, smart guy. Well, I will, because on today's show, she saved over $15,000 a year just by getting organized. Please help us welcome Anna Davies. Of course, we still have headlines, letters, my trivia, and we'll be answering a Haven Lifeline call from one lucky listener. In the meantime, I'll put together our amazing plan to save some money around the basement. Now here's two guys who could probably save some money by selling off a few board games. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J. That's a bridge too far, man. Well, I thought he was going to tell us we had to sell a kidney or something, which, you know. That'd be way easier. Which comes to shove. Be way easier than selling one of these games. I'll wait for the kidney market to go up a little bit more before I... Kidney market's kind of like Bitcoin, right? You just, you know, it's really, really volatile. You got one shot. Yeah, I mean, you got (laughs) to... Talk about market timing. You better be damn right. Everybody. (laughs) Kidneys are going for 40 grand this week. Ah, I missed out. Should have waited for earnings season. Uh, I'm Joe Salci. I average show money on Twitter, just so you know who's who. And across this card table from me is particularly ready to go. I would say this is all live television. We're just we're just hitting it, right? We are moving today, no man. We just we just get to it. We got a fantastic. What is that mug you're drinking out of? What does that say? It says uh, God made grandpas because he likes laughter. So your kid is your oldest kid's like ten, and you're a grandpa. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's no, I'm not saying that at all. No. It's just you asked me what mug. Well, you you got that one. Check out that logo, huh? Yeah, I got my little well, Ferrari mug going because I can't. It's af- like the mug my grandfather had that said, "I played in the U.S. Open," and then right underneath the "I played," there's like really fine print that says a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw those. Have you seen those? You know, as a runner, there's those stickers: the thirteen point one and twenty six point two. And uh, I saw some when I was working in Upper Michigan, they had, you know, the 0.0. A lot of people have seen that one, 0.0. And it said, I don't run. And then I haven't seen that, but that's good. But but there's another one that said 13.1. And in fine print, it says the number of Oreos I can eat in a single sitting. There you go. (laughs) It's perfect. We've got somebody who saved $15,000 just by getting organized on today's show. Anna, Anna Davies coming down to the basement. Guess what? We can put $450 in people's pocket today if they go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Because you know what happens, OG? When you go to magnify money, good stuff happens. 
you find that checking account you had could probably have a better one. That savings account might not be as good as you hoped. And interest rates on savings accounts right now, do you know that uh, we looked at this on last Friday's show? 1.4. I said they're creeping up. Yeah. I remember we were looking at those and it was just at one. So stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And we have a new sponsor today, OG. Love these guys. Two of the most frequent questions you know we get on the show are about diversification and passive income. We get those all the time. How about an investment that combines both real estate? Have you heard of Roofstock? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier than ever to buy, sell, and best of all, own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country, whether it's your first time or you're a seasoned pro. So they take it easy if it's your first time? They're gentle on you. <laughs> they're, so ge- they're so gentle on you. All of Roofstock's certified properties are are inspected in person so you know they're in good condition and have reliable tenants in place. And you can start earning monthly rental income right away. You got to stop that. Roofstock even connects you with- didn't do anything. Yeah. Roofstock even connects you with vetted local property managers so you can separate investing from operations. And best of all, Roofstock certified properties are backed by a 30-day- Money back guarantee. Roofstock property investing made simple. Visit stackingbenjamins.com forward slash roofstock. This is the most important part. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash roofstock to learn more about rental home investing and browse exclusive listings today. By the way, it's fun to just look through Roofstock's properties to see what's out there, to see exactly which ones they've identified. And it's pretty cool. They show you the ROI right on the site. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. Thanks to Roofstock for having our back, man. Love uh, love our new sponsor. Hey, don't just love our new sponsor. Love the show we got for you today. Anna Davies, $15,000 a year. We're going to teach you how to do what she did. But first, we have some headlines. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. First headline comes to us from the New York Times. Thanks to Venmo, <laughs> we we now all know how cheap our friends are. This uh, written by Teddy Wayne. Margaret Penoyer, an elementary school teacher in Manhattan, had just returned from a bachelorette party in Napa Valley when she received an email that had been sent to all the guests. The two organizers had itemized each woman's individual expenses, which they had covered and requested reimbursement through Venmo, an app that transfers money between users who have linked their bank accounts to their phones. Miss Penoyer owed $31.98 to one woman and $20.62 to the other. It's a hell of a bachelorette party. Yeah. yeah, $51. She spent $52 in Napa Valley. That's a swinger. They went crazy. (laughs) Sign me up for their next trip. It says, in a previous time, organizers likely would have asked everyone to bring enough cash to repay them in person or to mail a check afterwards, courteously rounding down to 30 and 20. But the Venmo request calculated the penny struck Miss Pinoyer 29 as emblematic of how the app, the most popular among her fellow millennials for everything from entertainment expenses to rent shares, changes friendships and makes them more transactional, she said. It's nickel and diming everything, literally. I should do that for a steak brother. Just send him the Venmo bill. Yeah, just send him an invoice every time he eats a lobster and a steak at dinner by accident. Is this a bridge too far? Are these apps that help you make sure every single penny's accounted for? Is that too far? Absolutely it is. I mean, when you go out with friends, right? And I go out with friends. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty short list. But did you just what, what was that? I'm sitting right here. <laughs> no, I was talking about me. Oh, it was self-deprecating. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah. But it's also a short list for you too. You know, you pick up a drink, they pick up a drink. You pick up dinner this time, they pick up dinner this time. Yeah. Or you just do the whole, like, you know, everybody eats and you go, split it three ways and you throw down three credit cards, yeah. you know. And or you know get- you're out for lunch and you're out for dinner and I'm like, you know, the two of us, will get lunch and you guys get dinner and we get, we'll figure it out. Yeah. it's Yeah, way better. I had a roommate in college who was a super guy but was the number cruncher guy. And it mm-hmm. drove him crazy to not figure it out to the penny and to know that he might owe you money. Like the cool thing about him, and funny, his name was Joe too. So we had Joe and Joe living in an apartment. But Joe had such a difficult time with even the phone this bill. This sounds like an autobiography. 
<laughs> what, me? Told in third person. Yes. So I have this friend. His name Joe was Joe had also. a really tough time. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, so Joe did. He had a tough time, though. And he and I talked about it. He's like, yeah, I'd, I just have to get over it. I remember there was once he bought milk twice in a row. I just totally didn't notice. He had a heck of a time with that one that he had bought milk twice in had, a row. And he had I'd, spent $2 twice. Yeah, this is uh, this is too much, you know, to nickel and dime things like that. Miss Penoyer says it's making people less generous and chivalrous. I think that absolutely. Well, you can still use it, but you can round up, can't you? I just bought a uh, golf thing for a friend, and he emailed me and said, "How much was it?" And I said, "Ah, it's like two hundred bucks a piece." And he sent me two fifty. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's just you know close enough. It's possible to make one's ledger and contacts private on the app, but many users overlook these options, don't care, or might even desire the visibility, both to document their own experiences, as though in a photo album, and to broadcast their curated lifestyle to others. Venmo meet FOMO. It's, it's yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Not a fan of the nickel. I mean, I like the, I like the idea of being able to transfer. I mean, PayPal, sure. Venmo, yeah. whatever. Like, that's super simple, Make right? it easy. Like, but yeah, do we have to... Uh, Find out how cheap everybody is. I'm, I'm better than you because I spent less money or more money or yeah. different money. I, I, I spent $52 in Napa Valley. Mm. Ooh, la la. And in our second headline, TransUnion's annual Miss versus Facts survey is out again. And I'm always amazed by some of the findings in a sad way. But here to help us walk through them, Heather Battison, Vice President of TransUnion, joins us on My Dad Shortwave. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about this because I'm always amazed when you come out with your annual survey about how much about credit people get wrong. It's kind of frustrating, isn't it? It is frustrating. But in all honesty, credit has... So many different components to it that I can completely understand why there's still so much confusion. Yeah. Well, let's walk through some of those. Uh, One of your findings, 35% of consumers think closing a credit card decreases a credit score. And really, it it does decrease your credit score, doesn't it? How about that? I'm probably getting it wrong, too. (laughs) It's a hard question to answer because it really all depends on the other information that's on your specific credit report. But the impact of closing a credit card account it just really varies by the percentage of available credit okay. that the card provides and the length of credit history associated with that particular account. So to break it down, an example of that would be if even if you're not using a card, but it's the card that you've had the longest, the longest amount of time, might not be a good idea to shut that card down. Gotcha. Okay. But if it's a fairly new card, high interest rate, and maybe an annual fee and I don't need it, shut it down and I shouldn't worry about my credit. Yes, most likely. It probably won't have a major impact. Got it. 48% of people think it's possible to lock all their credit reports at once. One of our contributors, Len Penzo, talks about locking your credit. And you say that's historically not been as easy as people think? Correct. At this point in time, there is no way to lock all three of your reports at the same time. Through credit lock, our multi-bureau lock, you are able to lock your TransUnion and your Equifax credit reports, but you cannot yet lock all three at the same time. Do you like this idea that credit cards are coming out with now, Heather, where you can lock and unlock just by toggling your credit card, where you can toggle it on and off? How do you feel about those? I think that is a great component um, to guard yourself from potentially becoming a victim of identity theft. But what's important to note is it's just for that individual credit card. And when it comes to overseeing all of your personal finances, there's a lot of other components to think about. That's why it's a good idea to also think about locking your credit reports. Gotcha. I was very surprised by this next statistic. 44% said marital status is factored into your credit report. I got to say, I never once thought that. Yeah. I mean, people think that once they get married, everything's combined and it's just not. Everyone has their own credit report. Now, while marital status does not appear on your credit report, it still plays a very important factor in the couple's lives, particularly if they want to finance joint purchases like a home or a car. We've done some stories in the past, Heather, about some of these rumblings that maybe credit agencies like TransUnion are going to start looking at my Facebook friends. And if I have some loser Facebook friends, that that might, that might affect my credit score. You've probably seen those stories in the past, too. Do you see the runway headed that way or not? I really don't. I mean, that could come into play someday with different financial institutions on how they make decisions on your risk factor, but that's not something that a credit bureau or credit agency would be collecting. 
Yeah, yeah. I I, I was glad you answered it that way because I just <laughs> I, I can't imagine having now to going. Now, looking for a new job, now that might be different. No employers right. might be looking at that. Right. No, that's a whole different story. I totally agree. This <laughs> this one, 43% thinks checking your own credit is bad for your credit score. How about that one? That is a very common myth that we continually have to explain and re-explain. Checking your own credit is called a soft inquiry, and that does nothing to change your credit score. How often do you think people should check their credit score, Heather? They should check it very regularly. I mean, I'm saying bare minimum once a month. And okay. the reason I say that is, one, it's it's important to know what's on your credit report and, and be known of the changes. But two, identity theft is on the rise. And it's a really great way to guard yourself and understand what type of activity might be happening in your name if you're up to date on what's happening with your credit report. Yeah, interesting stuff. Where can people find out more about the annual Miss versus Facts survey? Please come to transunion.com. We have a wealth of information to help you guide through uh, credit. Heather Battison from TransUnion, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Heather for stopping by. You know, big points there from TransUnion. The fact that we think one thing about our credit score, but might not might not be completely true. A lot of components to it, right? And a lot of levers to move around to, to manipulate that. And our, our engineer, who also has had a fine podcast, uh, Steve Stewart, says, you know what? Your goal should be to not worry about your credit score, right? Yes. Live a lifestyle. If you have where tons you- of credit cards and you max them out, <laughs> then you have nothing to worry about. I, can I hear Steve screaming from here? Right. All right. I think our lesson is not max out the credit cards. It's number one, understand how credit scores really work. And number two is uh, want to know how cheap your friends are? Don't be are? cheap ass. I was going to go the other way. Want to know how cheap your friends are? Just say, hey, let's use Venmo. Mm -hmm. Anna Davies is a financial writer that you'll see all over the internet. I actually found her on LearnVest when I read this piece that she wrote about saving $15,000 a year just by getting organized. And I was so excited. We'll link to it in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. But we had to have Anna on the show. Man, is Anna somebody who writes very well. She also is a lot of fun to talk to. So let's say hello. Anna Davies coming down to the basement. And Anna Davies joins me in the basement. Have a seat. How are you? I'm great, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me over. Anybody who saves money the way that you save money is an amazing person that we just had to talk to. Have you always been a saver? No. Oh, my God. No, no, no. (laughs) I would rather talk about like the number of people I've slept with with <laughs> then how much money is in my bank account and what my credit cards used to look like. Like that stuff is secret, secret, secret. Right. So I read this article, this awesome piece on LearnVest. We'll link to it in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. But you say here that you had all kinds of stuff going on and then you became a freelancer and realized that you had to tighten things up, huh? Yeah, well, I actually am a really successful freelancer and I'm really proud of myself. So it wasn't so much that money wasn't coming in. It was that I was spending really poorly. I'm also a mom to a two-year-old, you know, and obviously daycare is super expensive. Having a kid is super expensive. And, you know, suddenly sort of thinking about college savings and things like that, I realized that I couldn't just spend the way that I was when I was in my 20s and single it just wasn't working. It wasn't sustainable. I was losing so much money and it was so embarrassing because I was spending most of my days writing personal finance articles. So I knew exactly what to do, but I just hadn't done it or applied it to my own life. It's like the, what's that thing about the cobbler with the kids have the worst shoes? The kids who have no shoes who are running around barefoot while they're like making monoloblonics or whatever. Exactly. Well, let's jump into these because you were able to ring up $15,000 a year in savings, which is amazing. And the first thing you did, cutting subscriptions. Tell me about that. Yeah. So that ended up being a huge, huge savings because I love the convenience of auto subscription services. And I think especially a lot of new moms do, you know, you can auto subscribe to everything. So you get diapers delivered to your house, you get 
you know, whatever, whatever. But for me, the big problem was the meal subscription delivery services. I signed up for those because I was like, great, you know, I get all the ingredients delivered to the door. I can like make dinner, no problem. I ended up signing up for two. Each one was $60 per week, 120 total per week. And I didn't know how to unsubscribe. So I was getting these boxes of food delivered to my door. Um, Half the time I was like on a trip at work, whatever. So that ended up being a huge, huge money drain. And that was sort of my come to Jesus moment where I was just like, I have to do something. They don't make it easy to unsubscribe from those, by the way. We did one for a little while. We did HelloFresh and I felt like I had to go through the, you know, three rings of hell to get out of it. Exactly. And that's what it's like for all these services. So it's the easiest thing to be like, oh, I'll just deal with this next week. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't remember my login. I don't have five minutes to sit down, like whatever, whatever. But then when you actually think about it, where you write down the numbers and realize you're losing $120 a week, nearly $500 a month, like that's real money. How did you find all the subscriptions? Because a lot of people have no idea. I know there's apps out there now like Clarity Money and Ask Trim that will do it automatically. Did you use one of those, Anna, or did you just sit down with your bank statement? I I just sat down with my bank statement. I think that the apps are great, but for a lot of people, it can just be one more thing on their to-do list. Like, oh, I'll download that app next week and deal with it. For me, what I did was just the down and dirty, printing out my bank statement, taking a highlighter, and just some highlighting exactly what auto subscriptions I had. And I had those auto subscriptions across five different credit cards. So even though I was paying my credit cards off in full every month, like, you know, I would think like, oh, nine ninety nine a month for, you know, Spotify, like no big deal. But it's like, oh, do I really listen to Spotify? Like, no, not enough to justify $120 a year. So I think it's just sort of seeing what it is, asking yourself like, well, how much am I using that? Like I had a dating subscription service and I haven't had a date in like two and a half years. I have a toddler. <laughs> like there's no time. So like that was a huge, huge waste of money. Are there any of them that you unsubscribe to that now you look back and you're like, yeah, that was a mistake. Did you cut too far or do you think you could still cut more? I actually am sort of missing Spotify. So that's, you know, $10. That makes me happy. So I might put that back because even though I don't listen to it a ton, like when I'm at the gym, if I want to listen to the Hamilton soundtrack or whatever, like, (laughs) you know what? Like, give me that. So, yeah. So I think I might go back. But I think sort of thinking in terms of a yearly happiness, um, like how much this costs in terms of happiness is pretty key for me. That's $524 a month you saved there. The next place was rewards program. So instead of deleting, it sounds like you added something that saved you money. How did that work? Exactly. Well, the rewards programs are, you know, at the drugstore where they're like, do you want to sign up for a rewards program? And I'd always be like, no, because like, you know, you have to fill out the form and then the people behind you in line are mad at you, you know, and it just seemed like another thing on your keychain, which incidentally, I can't even find my house keys right now. So, oh, no. I know. So I had always said no to rewards programs, but then I thought about it and realized, you know, I'm going to the drugstore two, three times a week. I'm spending, you know, $25, $50 a week there. So even if it is only saving like two fifty, five dollars $5, whatever, that does add up when you think about it on a monthly and yearly basis. So I actually realized that by signing up for reward programs and using them, diligently, like at Target, you know, using the red card and getting the 5% back, I was actually saving about $50 a month. That red card is amazing because they would ask me over and over if I wanted to sign up for the red card. And I thought, God, I don't need another credit card in my wallet. Once I found out, Anna, that it wasn't a credit card, well, you can do the credit card, but it's a debit card comes right out of my same checking account, but I get 5% off automatically plus whatever else I get. There's no way you can lose with that deal. Exactly. And I think a lot of people just don't think about it because they're like, I don't have time. Like, no, exactly like what you said. Like, you already have enough stuff in your wallet. Yeah. And I just didn't, I wasn't informed because I'm used to going to every store, especially around the holidays and hearing, hey, you want to sign up for a store credit card? Screw you. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with that. (laughs) Yeah. Next, next you started buying in bulk. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think with that, that saved me about $50 a month. And that was just going on Amazon Fresh, Prime Pantry, things like that, and sort of seeing like, okay, what are the things that I buy 
every single month. And how can I save on that? You know, like I have a toddler, so we buy the like little toddler pouches. We buy a lot of cereal. Um, we buy a lot of Oreos to feed the neighborhood kids downstairs. I mean, that's in the budget. So <laughs> signing up for one of those programs and sort of just getting things in bulk is pretty key for those every month purchases. Well, and it seems like too, with your work and like a lot of our listeners work, time is money also. That seems like that would also save you a ton of time when you can get other things done or have more quality time with the family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's $50 a month. So right now, between the three of these, we're already up to uh, 670 excuse me, $624 a month, money-saving apps and browser extensions. You know, one of the apps that you list here is Honey. We've tried to get mm-hmm. Honey on the show. I don't know why they don't come on. We've had we've had the people from Digiton that you talk about here. but I love Digit. Yeah. So tell me what you love. What did you download and how did it work? Right. So Honey is great because it automatically applies coupons and promo codes at checkout to your purchases, you know, and if you are buying online a lot, which I think most people are, it's easy to sort of overlook all the promo codes that are out there because that's just one more step and you just want to get it in your cart and get it to your house. Um, So I found that that is so easy because it just automizes it and makes it so you get the promo code. And then Digit is great because it just pulls money like secretly from your checking account into savings. You don't notice it. It analyzes your spending day to day. And if you've spent less that day, it'll quote unquote, take money and put it into savings. So it's there for you. So it's not saving you money, but it's just making you think of money in a different way. Right. So yeah, so I found that those two to be two of my most helpful. Digit recently started charging, as you know. Did that affect your usage of Digit or is it more about, like you said earlier, changing your behavior? It's more about changing my behavior, definitely. For me, um, the cost is worth it just in terms of sort of being able to have that automated and not have to think about it consciously. Yeah. And so with Honey, you just, I don't even know how it works. Anna, you just press the Honey button on your browser extension and it fills it in or looks for it or what does it do? Exactly. Exactly. It'll look for it and fill it in at checkout. The, um, you know, like whatever retail codes and coupons might be available. Yeah. That's like a no brainer. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And then next is one that people don't think about. And I love this one. This might be my favorite part of the (laughs) part of the piece is that you made a splurge budget. So you're talking about saving a bunch of money. Why the hell are you talking about splurging, Anna, when you're talking about saving money? I know. I know. Well, because we all know that the quote unquote latte factor is not as big a deal as we think it is, you know? So I think a lot of people, their first step when they want to save money is like, you know what? I'm only going to make my own coffee, you know? And that's great if you don't love coffee, um, you know, if it's not a big deal for you. But for me, I love my morning coffee. I love it. I love the ritual of it. Like I love going to my corner cafe. But the thing was, was I was using coffee as a reward so often I could easily spend $20 a day on iced coffees. You know, so I knew that I didn't want to cut it totally out of my budget. You know, I still wanted my daily coffee. So I decided to get really, really strict about it and say, like, you know what? I'm going to spend $5 a day on coffee. So that was like my splurge budget where I actually bought a gift card to my local coffee place, Ah. you know, for $25 and would just spend that. And when it was done, it was done for the week. Like I was, I was cut off. So if you decide to spend $8 on a day, uh, you were going to pay for it later. Exactly. Exactly. So just cut those random, those random moments of like not, you know, just wanting to do something where you're like, Oh, like I've got five minutes to kill. Like, what should I do? Like, Oh, there's coffee place. Like, let me get a nice coffee. Like, no, like now it's just like I had my daily iced coffee ritual and that was it. And that saved you a hundred dollars a month by tracking your splurging. Exactly. Exactly. By tracking my splurging and I still was able to enjoy it. Yeah, right, right. And enjoy it and know that you're not breaking the bank now. Next, I used and paid off my credit card for big purchases. So you used your credit card for big purchases. How does that help? I have always had a complicated relationship with credit cards. I was in debt a couple years ago. And after I paid that off, I got very nervous about using my credit cards because I didn't want that to happen again. But I was also missing out on a lot of rewards and points. 
And I also was confused about how to use a credit card. So what I realized was that, you know, hey, I have gotten in the habit of paying off my credit card every month. I know exactly how much I'm spending. So why not use my credit card for big purchases rather than my debit card? So for me, that ended up saving me money in terms of being able to maximize points and maximize rewards. Like I was able to pay for a San Francisco hotel purely on credit card points from the purchases that I had made since February. And those were purchases that I was going to make anyway and would have used my debit card otherwise. Awesome. So what's interesting to me was that when you talk about having a complicated relationship with credit cards, you did start using some tools to help you with that, though. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I love Debitize. That is one of my favorite apps. I learned about it this past fall and it is absolutely invaluable in using a credit card responsibly. So what it does is So you use a credit card and it will automatically take the money for that purchase from your checking account. So it's as if you're paying with a debit card. So the money disappears. So you don't have the money in your account. You can't see the money in your account. So it actually feels like using a debit card, but you're able to get the rewards and points from a credit card. Absolutely love that. And we had uh, Lorana Morani from Debitize on the show, and uh, we'll have a link to that episode on our show notes page at Stack Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so, so cool. You did a weekend purge. You know, I've been doing that myself, Anna, taking, yeah. I'm just getting rid of 10 things a day, just taking a little time and getting rid of some stuff. But I bet the weekend getting that stuff all gone. What Did you sell a bunch of stuff? What happened? You know, I sold a bunch of stuff. I actually made about $200 from a weekend of selling things I was no longer using. And for me, that meant mostly baby gear, which as anyone knows, takes up a ton of room and, you know, is expensive in new condition or like new condition. I mean, I had four strollers in my one bedroom apartment that's a lot of strollers, (laughs) you know? So even if I am selling them to a new mom for $20, $25, for me, it was nice to get the money, but it was just so much better to just get this stuff out and have space to sort of see what I had and be able to find what I have, you know, like what I'm missing, like my house keys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Not having that clutter around once again, time is money, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Next, I'm going to lump the next couple together because you made an appointment with accountant, you retooled your investment strategy. So it sounds like to me, once Anna, you had all of this savings, you then, I guess, worked on your business and worked on putting that money toward the future. So not just saving the money, but making sure that it went to provide for the future. Exactly. Exactly. And I think investment, whatever strategy you choose, it's so, so important, especially for women and especially for women who are in their 20s and 30s. You know, I read a stat somewhere. I think Sally Krawcheck said that women are losing about $100 a day for every day that they don't invest. And I don't think it, you know, I think that everyone has to do their own due diligence and find the right investment strategy for them. But I've heard so, so many women you know, both personally from my friends and also in my work as writing a lot of personal finance articles from women saying that they don't have enough and and men too. But I think that women, especially there is a gender investing gap. So I think just being able to actually be like, you know what, I'm going to start today. I'm going to research today. This is the amount of money I have. This is the amount of money that I can contribute each month and know that that can grow and increase as you get more savvy as you have more money to invest. But I think just starting at whatever level you're at is so, so important for women and men too. Sure. Well, you saved uh, $1,222 a month, $15,000 a year. That's got to feel awesome. It is awesome. And I still, there's still so many more things I need to work on in terms of personal finance. But I think that sort of getting these things under control has made me feel a lot more confident and really made me excited for the next steps and really made me feel proactive about the next steps as well. Anna Davies, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, Joe. Hey, Loyal Trivia fans, you already know this because I'm pretty much the only reason you listen to this show, but I am Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I'll let you hear it right from the source. This is the most anticipated part of the show for easily tens of people. You're in prime time now, baby, but we're stepping up our game because wasn't Anna Davies inspiring? 
To prove it, I'm making some changes around here to save money. I've already unscrewed every other light bulb upstairs, got rid of that bulb in the oven, color-coded all the perishables by their expiration date, and I'm saving money by not turning on the light when I go to the bathroom. Just splashing ching. I'm calculating the savings we'll have here, but first, let's get you some trivia. Recently, Snap, the parent of Snapchat, dropped over 8% in a day because of a Morgan Stanley analyst who dropped them from overweight to equal weight, which means the doctor has always told me that overweight was something I should avoid, but is overweight good or bad when an analyst says it? I don't know. Joe, you got the answer to this one? I have no idea what I'm talking about here. I'll have your answer and some more money-saving ideas right after somebody tells me the answer. Raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car. If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I, I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal. Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks. And guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use magnifymoney.com to always find best in class stuff? Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Here's a question. What's keeping you away from investing in real estate? Over my career, I repeatedly hear that time, you know, the time it takes to find renters, property managers, and to fix problems and stress. What if you don't find a good property manager? What if you don't find a renter? Those are two of the biggest factors keeping people away from investing in real estate. We talked to Gary Beasley, CEO of Roofstock, about how the team at Roofstock are helping you take back a good night's sleep. We go to each market and we find managers who have the most experience, the right technology for accounting and reporting, have good customer service ratings, and we certify the best two or three and work with them on our marketplace. How's that for an advantage? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier than ever to buy, sell, and own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. You own the house, but Roofstock handles as much or as little of the headache-inducing issues that you've come to expect with renting but that doesn't have to happen if you partner with the right team. Best of all, Roofstock certified properties are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Check them out at stackybedjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. That's stackybedjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I bring money-saving news and... Your trivia answer. It's crazy what a few changes around the house can do. I unscrewed all the lights from the basement, just have the glow on the computer now, which is so romantic. On the break, I found a couple of purses laying around with some random dude named Ralph Lorenz name on it. I've never even seen Joe's mom hanging out with that guy, so I went ahead and threw him out. The woman always was a hoarder. She'll thank me later. Let's get you that trivia answer. You gotta be on the edge of your seat, right? Before the break, I asked you this question. Recently, Snap, the parent of Snapchat, dropped over 8% in a day because a Morgan Stanley analyst dropped them from overweight to equal weight. Is overweight good or bad when an analyst says it? The answer? Being overweight means that an analyst thinks you should load up a lot on the stock. Being equal weight means you should have it in your portfolio, but at about the same allocation as everything else. Underweight? Well, that's a term OG's never heard, but it means you should own less of it. 
Speaking of owning less, I just had the greatest idea. The circuit breaker's right here next to me. We'll save tons of money if I just flip this. Yet that seemed like a good idea at the time. Leaving, what a good idea. And finally, we got everything all turned back on. Lights uh, coming back. Okay, what? thanks for that, Doug. Yeah. Uh, let's skip Doug. A big about- switch that says it's got that when you put the tape over the switch, so it's always on. There's a reason for that. We got to put a tape over the light bulbs too. Put a tape over the light bulb in the oven. What about Anna Davies and these subscriptions? You went through and looked at your subscriptions recently. Oh yeah, we have way too much, way too much. You know, and, and it's sneaky, right? You know, you look at it and you go, "Well, that can't be that much." I mean, eight bucks for Hulu, it's really thirteen. Ten bucks for Netflix, it's really twelve. Spotify premium, Spotify family premium, kids buying apps on, you know, their iPads. And And what's cool is she saves so much money and really it didn't take a lot of time. You know, I mean, the big scheme of things in our head, it seems like $15,000 a year that would take forever. Didn't take her that long. Wasn't like the idea of, you know, as it relates to subscriptions, right? Can't you just, what if you canceled them all? And then start it over. It just said, which one Which one do I need? What, like, the first I time I need it? it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, where do I miss it? It's That's, like, oh, man, I really miss whatever. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. Hadn't thought of that. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, tackle some of life's, or rather, life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at the Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're disrupting the life insurance industry, OG, by focusing on what you value most. You know what that is? I know what I value most, but uh, I know what they value most, too. And that is? Family and time. Oh, listen to you. They were the first life That's insurance. That's what I value most. <laughs> they were the first life insurance startup, also wholly owned by industry giant Mass Mutual, to create a high-quality, affordable term life insurance policy that you can purchase entirely online. And qualified healthy applicants, they can even skip to the medical exam. Oh, wait. They don't skip to the medical exam. They just skip the medical exam. Done. Don't have to do it. They'll be skipping to, is it possible to skip and not smile, by the way? Like when you start skipping down the road, you Mrs. OG, don't you smile the whole time? (laughs) I'm sure there's something funny I could say there, but I can't think of anything right this second. Qualified healthy applicants also skip the medical exam. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote and to learn about life insurance the modern way. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. Love getting the notes from people about A, how much money they saved, but once again, how much time they saved as well. We're throwing off the lifeline today to our new friend, Derek. Actually, Derek uh, is is a friend we've talked to before and talked to him on Twitter. Hey, Derek. Hi, Joe and OG. This is your friend, Derek. Uh, I recently started to go back to school to finish my bachelor's degree, and I've been blessed to have tuition reimbursement at my place of work, tuition discounts provided by the school, as well as saving up enough money so that all my tuition is easily covered. Uh, My question is, my wife has about 30 grand worth of student debt, and her student loans are accruing at like 4.5 to 5.6%, whereas my student loans are 3.75%. With the the extra money that I'm going to have from my student loans and my employer discount, I was wondering if you had a recommendation as to what I should do with that money. Should I pay down my own student loans? Should I put it in my IRA for some interest rate arbitrage? Or should I pay down my wife's student loans because those are a higher interest rate? My natural inclination is option number three, but I would like to know your thoughts too. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question, Derek. What a great question. Does he worry about interest rates, get rid of the debt? What does he do, OG? Assuming that everything's covered, like he said, you just follow the normal process, right? You know, make sure you have a good cash reserve. Once you have a cash reserve, we want to start eliminating debt. Certainly want to contribute to your retirement plan. If you get a match up to the match, take advantage of the free money. And then I like to eliminate stuff that's going to have a cash flow impact. You know, like if you've got a, a loan that's $100 a month and you have a loan that's $50 a month, but the $100 one you can pay off faster, I would rather pay that one off even if it has slightly higher interest, because that's going to free up more cash flow. You mean you even know? at a slower, slightly lower interest? Even if it's a slightly lower interest? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If it's slightly lower interest, correct. Just because I like the extra money in the in the plan. So 
I might kind of look at that a little bit too, but if it's all just kind of one payment and it's about the same, then yeah, go after the higher interest. It's not going to make that big of a difference. I mean, depending on the balance, if you owe 30,000 and she owes 30,000 and the difference is 1%, that's $25 a month. Yeah, I'm with you. Know, you. of interest difference. So I'm, I'm with you too. If he can use that money to wipe out one of these loans and capture the cash flow, I like that first. Then I like the interest rate arbitrage option. Well, like you said, assuming that emergency funds in place. Yep. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I saw you smiling, so I must have done it right. Yeah, I was very proud of you in that answer. I just had this warm fuzzy. I, I know. You were, I could tell you were like glowing. I'm like, nice, nice job, grasshopper. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we also get got that one right, OG. Good yeah, job. yeah. Oh, I should tell people how to how to do this. By the way, uh, if you've got a question, would like us to send out the lifeline to you to throw it out and save your financial life. Probably won't do that, but we will give you a little direction. Realize that we don't know you, and you should talk to your own financial advisor about these issues. But if you want us to give you some directional fun stuff to ponder. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail, and that's how we throw out the Haven Lifeline to you. Uh, Doug also brings down the mailbag, and in the mailbag today, we got an interesting question from Brett, OG. It says, hey, Joe and OG, the question about blogging. I remember when Daryl wrote us saying he wanted to start a blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question about blogging inspired me to write in this question. For context, I'm 22 years old, just graduated from college with a double major in marketing and personal financial planning. And by the way, nice job. I was going to say, if you're going to go into financial planning, I can't tell you how many people I worked with when I first started off as a financial planner who had so much coping going on because they didn't realize that this is a job where you have to build your client base. And marketing is a huge part of being a brand new financial planner. And it becomes a smaller part the longer that you're a financial planner, right? It starts off like 90% marketing, 10% financial planning. And by the time you get you know, you get established, it's more 90% financial planning, 10% marketing, but marketing is still a piece. And I can I remember this one guy, James, that I started with who just bitched nonstop. I, I, I can't believe this is a marketing job. I'm like, what did you think? Did, did you think that Ameriprise was going to give you all the Glen Gary leads? Like they, they were going to take, Oh, we have, yeah. a, here's our best clients. Yes. You should service them. Brand oh, new person. Yeah. You're brand new. We're going to trust the big money with you. No, your job's to bring in new people. So, uh, interesting there, but anyway, so nice job there. Marketing, personal financial planning. Uh, Brett continues, a couple months ago, after doing some financial literacy presentations with a school program, I decided I wanted to start making educational videos about personal finance financial literacy, possibly with a blog targeted at people my age. I have experience in writing video and public speaking, acting from previous hobbies. The topics would range from aspects of financial literacy to short definition videos, i.e. what is TVM. Now, here's where my question comes. I recently and unexpectedly started a full-time job with a financial planning firm as an associate intern with the intent of one day becoming a certified financial planner here. If I were to pursue this side hobby, would I need to become anonymous and hide my face identity with a handle like OG or Average Joe Money? What measures would I need to take to protect myself from issues with certain regulations on the side hobby, i.e. disclaimers on a homepage? Would I need to disclose any information to the firm about this and also any other advice you could give? Thanks. Well, OG and I were anonymous for different reasons in the past, but mine had to do with a buy-sell agreement. I had sold my company, and even though this, this little company wasn't making any money, and I certainly wasn't competing as a financial planner, I didn't want the person I sold the business to to even think that was the case. So I was going to stay anonymous right. while I was still, I was getting a, a non-compete. I was getting a payout from the non-compete. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't competing uh, mm-hmm. at that time. Still not competing. But anyway, yeah. uh, what do you think? Should he should he go anonymous? Uh, I, that's pretty risky, I think, right? I mean, anytime you do some work for, you know, if you're working for a person or a company and then you decide to do something that's really similar. I mean, now if you were like, we're a waiter, I don't know that that would matter, right? If you decided to work at the nice restaurant in town on Saturday nights to make some extra money, or an Uber driver, I don't think you'd have to <clears throat> bring up the fact that you were moonlighting. But if I were your employer and I stumbled upon or found out that you were pursuing this other business that's <laughs> very similar to the business that I was hiring you to do, right, I would be pretty frustrated. I think the I think the right approach to this is to use this idea that you have 
to help grow the firm that you're a part of. You know, you want to become a CFP. You want to work in the financial planning world. You've got all these skill set. I mean, the likelihood is that you're probably working for somebody who's 50 plus years old, who has no idea how to use social media, has no idea how to use YouTube or blogging or any of that sort of stuff. Probably if that's, you know, just using the demographics in the financial planning industry. One of the reasons they hired you, I suspect, was because you're an up and comer and so on and so forth, right? You kind of get the the fire to get going, but you also have that unique skill set that a 50-year-old or 55 or 60-year-old person doesn't generally get, right? Twitter and YouTube. So I would approach it from the other way. I wouldn't say, let me try to hide this from them. I would say, let me try to let me bring brand it. this with them. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, let me use their resources to help facilitate it, but then also you make sure you don't run afoul of any rules and that sort of thing. I'm so proud of you today. What, what, How'd I do? Two for two? What did you put in your coffee today? It's because it says God made grandpas. <laughs> it must be. In, well, in I, got the, I got the Ferrari mug. It was like, you're the Ferrari today, man. Holy yeah, thank cow. You. Thank you. Just yeah. fantastic. That engine's running. It, it, does, it usually kind of sputters, and today you're just on it. You know what I think, Brett? I think Good night's sleep last night. Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think that, listen, the side hustle might go well, but it also might backfire. But clearly, he wants to be in financial planning. And so make sure that these two things work together. I mean, and then the rest is everything that you said. But the most likely thing, you know, don't don't make sure the side hustle's great at the expense of hiding from the main thing you really want to do. I just, I don't, I don't think that's a good course of action there. Great stuff. If you'd like to write us a letter, you know, first of all, try the Haven Lifeline, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. But you can also go to stackingbenjamins.com. You'll see, ask us a question on the top of our Stacking Benjamins homepage, our brand new website. Thanks to our partner, Look Kathleen. Schnazzy. It is fantastic. Click that button and there you'll go. You'll have the Haven Lifeline. You can write us a letter, anything, or just send them to me, Joe, at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks to everybody also who's left us a review of this show. We've had just some great reviews lately, and I'm humbled by the people that not only said lots of great things about us for our 500th episode last week, OG, but also people that take the time to tell other people exactly what they're getting into when they listen to the Stacking Benjamin show. And of course, the second that I want to go and talk about reviews, uh, iTunes just decides to die on me. Freeze. Yeah, we'll bring up more of those on the next show. Uh, or go to iTunes yourself and write a review, and then you can see all the other reviews. That that's we're right. Doing. Just go there. It, it's a twofer. You get to see everybody else's. Yeah. And it takes two seconds. Write your own. It takes no time. Yeah, thanks. Also, if you're looking for good help in your corner and don't know where to turn, guess what? OG is taking clients. Head to stackingbenjamins.com, letter O, letter G, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. That will lead you to his calendar and... Uh, you can set some time to see what it would take to have OG helping with your financial plan. All right, everybody, that is it. That's it for you this week, OG. Friday, I'm here. Eric Roberge, who is a certified financial planner in uh, Boston, joins our roundtable. Boston. Boston. He Boston. was, you know how Investment News had the uh, 40 under 40? He, he yeah, made their- Yeah, I was uh, weirdly missed in that list. This, and unfortunately, as, as you know, I am now unqualified. Yeah, and we were. This, this was this is the last year. I, I uh, have looked every year. Well, well, we're stepping under our we're stepping up our game because we have somebody who finally qualified on the oh, show. Okay, way, way, way better. Yeah, Maybe. Eric, Eric joins Paul and I on the roundtable. So we'll see everybody. Go stack some Benjamins. So what did we learn today? First, Anna Davies is right. You can make big changes in your cash flow just by changing a few small things. Second, cheap friends. While you are who you surround yourself with, cheaper does not always mean better. But the biggest lesson, never leave the light off when you're using the bathroom. It might be fine for a little while when you can stand up, but when you got a feel for the seat later, you might end up with a mess on your hands. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and 
I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. short after show this week i saw another movie i referenced this on monday when we talked about uh dunkirk i saw another movie just before that smaller movie this was a new judd apatow produced movie called the big sick this was fun wait we haven't had sex again yeah i'm just not that kind of girl i only have sex once on the first date i'm just gonna (laughs) call an uber (laughs) your driver will be ready as soon as he puts on his pants Watch and learn, bye. Oh, I have to tell you something, bye. I've been dating this girl. She's white. A white girl? Hey, you can't look like you and yell white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. I wonder who that could be. I'm guessing it's a young, single Pakistani woman. This is Zubeda. For your files, your X-Files. That's your favorite show, huh? <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> The truth is out there, OG, and the truth is is that he doesn't want to, even though he's with a Pakistani family and he's a Pakistani gentleman, he does not want to date a Pakistani woman. Nothing wrong with Pakistani women. He's just fallen in love with a white woman. So that's the beginning setup where he's got this painful thing with his family. His mother does not want him to date outside of, uh, of Pakistani women, and yet he's fallen for this, for, for this other girl. And then... She gets really sick. A bunch of stuff happens. It gets a little sad in the middle. Um, And I'll tell you, this is not the usual Judd Apatow film. Usually it's, you know, a little slapstick. Very, very, very funny. This this is funny. It's heartwarming. Um, I found this to be a different movie. Somebody else that saw the movie said, you know what I like best about it? It was different. It's not the same stuff that you see every single time you go to the movie theater. Uh, And right now, because, you know, the last, what, five, six years, I've seen so many movies and they're all starting to seem the same. Just you, mm-hmm. you get really tired of the same stuff. This was a refreshing, refreshing film. So The Big Sick, uh, big thumb up from me. Absolutely. I loved, love, love, love this movie. Well, when you said Judd Apatow movie, I figured, you know, it's a three hour movie that should have been an hour and 45 minute movie. <laughs> and at the hour 45 minute mark, it ends. And then like there's another scene and you go, oh, it should have ended right there. Like every other Judd Apatow movie, right? <laughs> You know, and I did feel that all of a sudden there's like the, you know, and this new storyline just comes into it. Great. This is basically two movies. They did a good job here. They didn't have a new storyline, but I will tell you in the middle, in the middle, I got the point. I knew where the movie was probably going, where I wanted it to go, which is exactly where it went. And (laughs) I thought they took a little too much time getting there. But yeah, but it was such a fun ride. Uh, Side characters in the movie, uh, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano play her parents. And okay. and they kind of steal the movie a little bit, not completely, but they do a really nice job of keeping you in there. And you really like this relationship that develops between all of them. So I thought that it was a thought that it was a yeah, yeah, just a just a fantastic film. Completely on the other side of that. I'm glad you like that. I just kicked off season two of Last Chance You. I'll report more in a week or two when I get through it all. Yeah. And I forgot. To, I forgot to tell you, by the way, who's starring in it. Uh, Pakistani. 
well, originally Pakistani comedian. He tells a lot of jokes about being Pakistani. Uh, Camille Nanjani and uh, Zoe Kazan are the leads here. And I like that too. They're not the same people you've seen leading yeah. every single movie. So that was good. Yeah, let's talk about that next time. I have to run. Okay, see ya. See ya. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.